0: This podcast is brought to you by the Caesar Encyclopedia which is my own weekly email newsletter. It's the place where I share all the cool things that I've learned throughout my week with my friends around the world. I share the books, podcasts, and interesting people I find that help me enjoy life more. And, as I travel the world, I also share my favorite adventure spots, the restaurants that blow my mind, and how my view of the world has changed that week. The newsletter is completely free, it comes out only once a week, and it's only available for those who sign up by email. You can sign up using the link in this episode's show notes, or by using the link in my Instagram bio. Let's get learning. Welcome to The Dose of Caesar, the podcast that talks to people who have studied, worked, and lived abroad. And we learn about their stories, their motivation for going abroad, and how it impacted their lives. My guest today is Kiana Maxwell, who is an entrepreneur and world adventurer. Kiana earned her bachelor's degree in health and society from the University of Texas at Austin in 2020. She is currently the founder of Keys Confections, a local Austin online dessert shop that serves delicious chocolate dip treats. Kiana has also traveled the world. In 2017, Kiana studied abroad in China at Beijing Foreign Studies University with your boy, Caesar. She went on to study in Monterrey at a private university called Mexico Tecnológico de Monterrey. I don't know why I studied there, but Kiana, welcome to the show. It's cl- it's Hi. amazing to reconnect.
1: Yeah, it's good to see you. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, I just I didn't know that. When did you go study abroad in Mexico? Twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Right after we uh, right yeah. after we went to China.
1: Yeah, China was kind of life changing. You okay. know.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're going to get to that, but we're going to get to that. But first I wanted to ask you the question. Um, when you were in high school, did you visualize yourself traveling around the world during your college years? Did you have this vision? No,
1: no. What
0: did you, what did you think was going to happen in college?
1: Honestly, I didn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, I am a first generation college student, so no one else that I know has gone to college. And so I had no idea what college was going to be like. And wow. so I definitely did not see traveling in the cards for me.
0: Gotcha. And why do you, why UT Austin? Why did you choose to go to UT Austin?
1: Honestly, it's a crazy thing because
0: <laughs> I didn't
1: really have like this really well thought out plan. I was just like, okay, well, college seems like the next best step. You know, I was mm-hmm. a good student in high school. I had a good grades, And so like, naturally, the next thing is to go off to college. And so I had applied to UT, I think the day before the application closed.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's, you know, that's similar to me. I waited so long. I waited so long to apply. I was just yeah,
1: Yeah. And I was, you know, I was a really good student. I had really good grades. And so mm-hmm. I was one of like, I think when I was in high school, the UT admittance rate was like the top, like six or 7% of your class, you know, oh, you were yeah. automatically admitted into UT. And so I was in that top percentile of my class and so it wasn't something that I had to like work hard for like I worked hard for high school but like the application process was just like okay like you're in you know there wasn't anything extra with that so
0: yeah you weren't really stressing about it same a little bit I was stressing about getting in the the business school because I had heard you can get into UT but getting into the business school is like another step
1: yeah, the same for me. When I applied to UT, I applied to the nursing program. Uh-huh. So, could you see that? Me, a nurse. Yeah, crazy.
0: What so. <laughs> You wanted to be a nurse. That was the plan, right? Like you said- Yeah, that was the
1: plan to go to school and be a nurse.
0: And what changed?
1: Um, Actually, crazy enough, I'd met Caitlin, who worked in the DDC program.
0: So just a little background on Caitlin. Who is Caitlin, just for people who are listening?
1: So- Caitlin is a lot of things, but when I met her, she was like an advisor type of person for the Longhorn Link program at UT. And the,
0: the the Longhorn Link program is like a student program, right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. And so I'd met Caitlin and she's like, you know, we're going to go to China. I was just like, okay, whatever. But in order to do that, I needed to have more like flexibility in my schedule, which the nursing program didn't offer me. So it was very strict, like degree plan. Like you take these courses in this uh-huh. order and you finish in
0: four years. Whoa. Okay. So Caitlin tells you, she just tells you, you and me, we're going to go to, Ch- we're going to go to China. Yeah. And <laughs> what is your response to, we're going to go to China? You just said, okay. You just, like, I was like, like
1: Girl you crazy like me and Caitlin had known each other that long and so for her to be like okay like this is happening in like two years you know when I was a freshman I was like girl I never I wasn't even thinking about traveling like it was never anything that I thought about I was just like yeah I'm here for school and like that's about it but she's like yeah we're going to China and you're going to be on that trip and I was just like if you say so like she's crazy
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Two what, years what, later, we were on that trip. <laughs> wow. Do you did you ever ask her after that why why she told you that why she was because you said she she had just met you. Now yeah, we uh, had
1: just met, and she's like, "Yeah." What
0: was guys. it? Uh, what was her reasoning behind it? Why you was she telling everybody a lot of students?
1: I have no idea. We'd never talked about it after that. It was just like, okay, like cool, like yeah, of course I'll
0: go on this trip. If you were to guess, why why do you think she told you that?
1: Maybe because of my dazzling personality.
0: <laughs> okay, you guys were getting along. Okay, so you yeah. guys were getting along.
1: Yeah, she, she we're might've... still friends now. Like, I just talked to her the other day. Yeah.
0: Wow. So if it wouldn't have been for Caitlin, you wouldn't have gone to I China. I Would
1: not have done it.
0: Do you you had never had contact with like Dr. Moore. You um... know,
1: I was a part of Longhorn Link, was like, which is kind of together but separate from the Gateway Scholars, uh-huh. and so I taken. A lot of Dr. Moore's classes.
0: Yeah, you
1: know, throughout college. But I was yeah. just like, okay, cool. You know, it wasn't something that was just like, I'm doing this because of Dr. Moore. But it was yeah. like an added perk.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Wow, I had no idea that that's 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 amazing that K- Caitlin did that for you. And so,
1: wow.
0: and so you dropped the you dropped the nursing program after that. I did. Wow, I did. that's a yeah. big choice.
1: It was. And at the time it was just like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? You know, because I still wanted to be a part of healthcare. You know, I enjoy helping people. And so I was like, okay, well, what do I do that's not nursing, but still healthcare, you know, in the medical field, still like helping people. And so I landed on my degree, health and society.
0: Health and society. And so you, you change your degree to health and society. Caitlin tells you we're going to China in two years, two years is a long time. I mean. Caitlin could have said that, and you still could have been like, okay, I mean, I'm in. But within two years, you could have just, you know, lost contact with Caitlin, or you know, there was yeah, so much no, happens. me and Caitlin,
1: me and Caitlin are tight. There was no losing contact. <laughs> so there
0: was no losing contact. And she did you decided to apply, or she kept pestering you about applying? What was the deal? How did were you full in at the beginning? Because it didn't seem like you were hundred yeah, percent.
1: Cause I thought she was like crazy, but like, as time went on, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We'll do this. Like, I'm pretty much like go with the flow. She's like, Oh, you're going to go. And I was like, well, cool, we're going, you know, not much, <laughs> much thought after that.
0: Whoa. Okay. You apply, yeah. you get I'm in. Fine. I get in. And what are you thinking? You know that? Cause before we go on that study abroad, which is only a month long, yeah. um, from May to July, May to July. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a we have a whole class here at UT Austin um, that is kind of like once a week, and it's just Just kind
1: of prepping us, prepping us,
0: yeah, prepping us. What did you think? What was your, what were your thoughts? Were you getting more excited as we were having that class, or what were your thoughts during that class?
1: (laughs) Honestly, I just remember the class as being a mess, just like we were just kind of like all over the place. I felt like there were a lot of things that I was just like, what are we really preparing for? Like, is it really going to be this different? And then I think we had a class or a weekend thing where we came to campus and they were just like going over, like they had separated us out, like from the men, from the women. And they were just like, look, this, these are things that like, this was probably closer to when we were about to leave and they're like, okay, these are the things that you really need to be prepared for. And they talked about like the squatty potties. And I was just like, oh my gosh, traumatized. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: It's just like things that you need to be prepared for. Like as a black woman going abroad to like Asia, specifically going to abroad to China. And so we were just like prepping for those kind of things. And I was just like, this is a lot. <laughs> you know they didn't prepare us for everything but they did you know give us a bit of like heads up like okay these are the things that you can expect
0: what uh what else did they tell you what did they tell you you could expect i i don't remember being told me myself because i do remember they separated us at one point men and women yeah uh, i don't remember being told about the restroom i i remember maybe i was but i wasn't worried about it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. They definitely told us and we're just like, "Huh?" And they're just like, "Yes, this is something that you need to be prepared for. They don't have western style toilets." And I was just like, "Okay." And then we talked about other things just like, you know, women health kind of things. Just like be prepared to like if you need like medicines or like skincare mm-hmm. or like any of that kind of stuff to be prepared to like bring it with you from home because you won't have as much access to it as you would here.
0: Gotcha. And what are your parents telling you? After-
1: oh my gosh. They were like, not having it. My family, they were just like, no. No way. We, we do not want you doing this. They're like, China, China. And I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm going to China. And I've never traveled before this.
0: So outside of the country or outside of the state? Anything.
1: Like I've been in the country, but it was just like once. And I drove to California, but that was it. You know, I hadn't done any international traveling. I'd never been on a plane. And they're just like, yeah, no, we're not really feeling this at all. <laughs> so,
0: did, it, did, they speci- did they specify what they were worried about? Or was it just a, a general no? Just a general, no encompassing everything that, that comes with the journey of traveling abroad? No. <laughs>
1: no Yeah, journey. they're just like, no, we're, we're not having any of that. And I was just like, it'll be fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... They let you go. Yeah, I mean, your parents are, are not people who would just ho- who would hold you back from going or what was the deal?
1: Yeah. So I do my own thing, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And
1: so that was a big part of it. Like, oh, I already applied. Like I was already, you know, set to go. So like, mom, you know, my family, y'all could say no all day. But like I was still going to go.
0: Gotcha. It reminds wow. me of, of my, you know, when I went to South Africa, my dad was like, no, or not. No. He was just kind of like, why? Because he knew yeah. that if he said no, I mean, I was just like, I'm still going.
1: I'm yeah, still I'm going to go no matter what they said, you know, like, maybe I'll be kidnapped, you know, well, it'll be, you know, part of the experience. But, you know, I was just like, I'm going to go. You
0: and you, did that cause like any anxiety or like uh bad no, emotions? Because- no, because like um uh go ahead i was gonna say like within uh, during that period of them saying no because it's a long period of like a year that you know you're gonna go did it cause like doubts no gotcha no because i
1: was like my thinking was like what is there to be you know afraid nervous like we we didn't know anyone from China that's ever been to China, anything like that. So we didn't have anyone to like have any like real experience in China to be like, oh no, don't go because of these things. Or like, you know, no one had that. So it was like it was up to me to like figure out like maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but you know, like I'll know for sure being there myself.
0: Mm, gotcha. And so, what what advice would you give to people whose parents are like, no? What advice do you do you give them?
1: Oh man, you got to be your own person, you know, like your family are doing things to protect you, but like, they're protecting you from things that they know, like from their own experience, you know, like if, you know, growing, growing up, you know, like no one ever traveled, you know, so I couldn't really count on that experience to like help me with determining, do I go or do I not go? Because they don't have any experience with anyone traveling like that. So I have to be the first one to then do it, to like bring back to like, Let, you know, my parents, siblings, younger people know that, you know, yes, it's a little scary, but like you have to get out, you know, you have to see the world, you know, experience different cultures, different people. That's how you grow. You know, that's how you know things. You go out and you you learn them. Yeah. You know, so, yes, parents, you got to love them, but like they're not really coming from a place of experience with traveling, you know?
0: I do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So you have to, you have to be that person for yourself and for your family. You know, like, okay, I travel now, my family is like, okay, well, you know, they become more comfortable with the idea of not only you traveling, but them themselves like going out and traveling and trying new things.
0: Has your family, after your your two study abroads, have they gone abroad?
1: No, I- not yet, but I'm hoping for it. Yeah, I have this really big trip coming up mm-hmm. and hopefully my sister will be able to come see me in this trip.
0: Where are you going?
1: Okay. <laughs> it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to Taiwan.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, what's the story? What's the, uh, what's going on? Okay. So there's do?
1: this, yeah, there's this program, government program called Fulbright, Fulbright Scholars. Okay. And they send Americans abroad to teach English to help strengthen U.S. relations with other countries. And so I will be going to Taiwan to teach English for a year.
0: Hell yeah. <laughs> when do so you leave? Wanna,
1: I leave in the end of July. Dang. Yeah. So you want to talk about life changing? I would have never done this if I'd not done that trip to Beijing.
0: What was it about uh, coming out of Beijing? What shifted in your mentality that has allowed you to do, do this?
1: Everything. Everything. Just to like, think about like, the experience that we had in China was crazy. Crazy. Like you would never get that anywhere else in the world, you know? And to be like in college and then having that experience. And then me now, you know, I graduated last year to be able to have the opportunity to then go back to Asia.
0: Mm-hmm. Wild. What and what I'm- specifically made it crazy? Like for you? What what made like China crazy? I know what
1: everything. It- everything. Everything,
0: everything. (laughs) like Like, walk me through your first day. You arrive to China because you said yes. We go on, we get on the plane, separate planes. We all get on separate planes.
1: That was a crazy experience. And I, like, oh, because
0: that was your first time on a plane.
1: Yeah, I think about it now. And it was just wild. And like, if you look at my flight details, so I flew from Austin to Florida, Florida to Dubai, and then Dubai to Beijing. And thinking about it now, I have no idea how I made it to where I needed to be to get to Beijing. Like I'd never been in an airport, never been on an airplane. And here I was jet setting across the globe by myself. (laughs) (laughs) think about it now. And I'm just like, how did this happen? Like, how did I get there safely? You know, how did I know what was going on?
0: Yeah. Well, how did it happen? How did you, how did you not get lost at the airport? How did you find your connections? Tell me, what did you do? What did you, how did you prepare? What was, Honestly,
1: I didn't, I don't prepare for things. I just go in and like, I'm gonna learn on the way.
0: I like it. So like that's it. what I
1: did. I got there to the airport and I remember here in Austin, um, the people that you like check you in and stuff, they were so nice. And I was just like, yeah, um, this is my first time flying. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she was just like asking me where I was going. And she's like, wow, this is your first time flying. And you're like getting out of here. <laughs> and so just like paying attention, like when you're in those kind of situations, it's like survival. Not that like there was a situation where you didn't need to survive in the airport, you know, but just like making sure that you made your connecting flights and like, now like I have experience with like, what happens if you like, not that I've ever missed a flight, knock on wood, but having flights delayed. Mm -hmm. And so luckily that didn't happen on my way to China. None of my flights were delayed. I was on time for everything. And I was just like, how did this happen? You know, like, what are the chances that like, none of my flights get delayed. There are no issues with anything. And I get to where I need to be on time. On the way back, there were some issues, but it was on the way back. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But just like going in and like, honestly, the only piece of advice that I got um, from the flight attendant lady that was helping me check in, she was just like, oh, just be sure that whenever you're like to like get your bag checked, when you like re-enter the country, that was it oh <laughs> like, oh this is like i'll just pick up my bags when i'm in beijing she's like yep it'll be there when you get there and i was like okay cool and then yeah, i, I mean, just.
0: that's nice oh, <laughs> but now having wow that's that is insane that you you went that was crazy you went to, to a, a very long flight multiple multiple you had to, legs
1: the flight. yeah
0: yeah you had to switch Lots planes how long were your layovers
1: they were a couple of hours.
0: Oh, that's not bad. Which that's was bad nice. Yeah, and uh, in Dubai, you didn't stay spend the night because I know some people were spending the night.
1: No, so when I got to Dubai, it was like three in the morning, and my flight left at like five.
0: Wow, that's that's. So great. I was in the
1: airport overnight. Got Both you. times when I like was going to Beijing and on my way back home, my flights were in the middle of the night.
0: Damn, and you know, you said it's kind of primal. Like you, 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 you get into survival mode.
1: Yeah, like it's just like I don't know what's going on, but I know that I need to be at this place at this time, and so let yeah. the worlds and angels and gods line in my favor.
0: It's and they it's, did. <laughs> They they did. and uh, you, you just, you figured it out. It's like what Dr. Liu was telling me that he doesn't, he thinks there's nothing more primal than like traveling abroad. It doesn't get more primal than that in a sense, and then, because, yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> going to live by yourself in like in the woods would be more primal, but in the modern world, like you yeah. are out there surviving. Like you, you can't miss your flight. Cause what happens yeah. if you miss your flight? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, you just In the grand scheme of things, you just, get another flight but i mean some students wouldn't be able to uh to do that but even then there's there's always solutions you got UT has your back so yeah. it gets a little more complicated when you're traveling on your own you just have to there's there's a little more planning that is involved yeah. um but now that now so you went on that crazy flight uh yeah. crazy flight experience what do you tell first time travelers like people who you know maybe family members if they they haven't gone They're going to go on their first flight and it's going to be international. What advice do you give them?
1: Just like be flexible. That's one thing about me that, you know, I'm so glad that I'm like very adaptable and flexible. Like I understand that things rarely go as planned. And so like when you're traveling, it's a whole nother ball game, you know, like you just be prepared for things to like not go as planned. You know, like you may miss a flight, like there are all kinds of different factors that go into it. Just like be open-minded, you know, like Mm. things are gonna happen. It's all a part of the experience, you know, just like just gotta be adaptable and flexible. Because if you're not, it's gonna be terrible. It's gonna be a terrible experience and you're you may never wanna do it again. You know, so if you're just going into it with the mindset, you know, like things may not go as planned. But you know, I'm here for the journey. Like it's gonna be okay. Because in the end, like things are gonna work out, things are gonna be fine. So just be prepared for like, okay, things are different, you know, like just be prepared for that. Mm. That is what I would say.
0: Gotcha. That's great. That's be open-minded, be yeah. flexible, be adaptable. Um, you just breathe through it. Breathe through it. You're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, you just gotta, and there's a solution to everything. Exactly. And so you get to China, tell me about your first. 24 hours in uh in china what stands out if you can remember um
1: okay so i actually remember it quite a bit now that i'm thinking about it. i haven't thought this much in depth but i remember being in the airport in china and it is massive like the airports that i went to here in the states you know like the austin one is tiny <laughs> yeah. compared to all the other airports <laughs> Yeah. And so getting through customs, it wasn't that big deal, but there were lots of people. And I just remember there being like a ton of people just like getting around, getting to places that they need to be. And then I remember like, you know, the coordinators of the trip, they were there at the airport to pick us all up. And then I remember being it's just like hot and humid. Like we don't have that here in Austin in Texas. Yes. But in Austin, I was just like, man, I got there and I was like, it is just so hot. You know, and I remember being on the bus ride from the airport to the campus and it was just like this, you know, this is fine. You know, like it was like a lot of greenery, which I don't know. I just wasn't expecting it.
0: Mm-hmm. Not
1: that I was expecting it to be like a desolate land or anything, but there was just like a lot of like thought put into like the gardening or.
0: OK, OK. Yeah. So
1: I just remember that and then getting to the campus And then meeting with my roommate, because it's wild, because I don't remember a lot of the people from the class. Like, I don't remember a lot of the time that we spent in the classroom here in Austin at UT. And so when we got to Beijing, I was like, wow, I don't remember a lot of these people, you know. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so that was interesting. And then I think we did, I don't know if this was our first day or like the next day, we did that amazing race.
0: Yeah, it was the first day. I think it was the first day. we
1: went to go eat. We, like, walked to wherever we were going to go eat. We ate. And then they're like, okay, like, you are going to do this. I remember being just like, what?
0: What was the Amazing Race?
1: Okay, so the Amazing Race, where they had this, like, these different, like, places that we could go
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that they wanted us to see. So it was, like, the Olympic Stadium and then Uh... some temples and stuff um going to, I think it was Tiananmen Square, which is where like. That the, was like,
0: far. That's far. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. So we did that in our small little zoos, um, our small little group. And so I remember uh, I was so tired. There was so much walking. I don't think they really prepared us for the amount of walking that we were doing.
0: Oh yeah. Like for the whole trip, but
1: especially for that first day. And I remember <laughs> like being in Tiananmen Square, And my group, they're all just, like, super athletic. Like, yeah, we're going to go to all these places. And I was just like, can we go back to to campus so that I can take a nap? Like, (laughs) I was just so over it. So I remember getting there, and they're just, like, they, like, kind of walked off, and they were, like, taking pictures. And they had this, like, garden bed, like, with a little curb on it. And so I was just, like, sitting there. And I was just like, okay, like, I'll let them, like, go take their pictures. And I'll just, like, chill out a bit. And... As I'm sitting there, <laughs> these two ladies, they come up and they sit right next to me. And I was just like, oh, okay, like, it's a curb. Like, <laughs> can sit here and It's a
0: public curb, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm like, cool, I'll just like move over a bit. And then I realized that they want to take pictures and they like, hey, like, would you take a picture with me? And this is my first experience ever with this happening. And I'm like, huh? Like, what do you mean? Like, like, sure. Like, I'll take a picture. But I'm like, why am I taking a picture with these random strangers? And so that was fun to learn on my first day in Beijing.
0: So I know why you were taking a picture with these strangers, but people don't know why. Tell us why you were taking yes. a picture. What was going on? What was the situation here?
1: Okay. So we were in Tiananmen Square, which is like what would you call it? it? I know it's where like the president or the leader lives, but it's also like a touristy place, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, um,
0: it's got, it's got a winter. lot of historical significance. Um, yeah. speci- it, it's like, yeah, it's kind of like, I guess, equivalent to going to like DC where like yeah. a, a lot of like, the, the his, yeah, a lot of the history happened. Like this is where like, you know, there's, it, Governments and stuff and things were overthrown and, and, you know, for a lot of people in, uh, rural parts of China, this is their big lifetime trip, you know? Yes. So people who are not in the big cities, um, and never are exposed to like, uh, people from other countries, uh, they've never seen uh, people who aren't Chinese. And so you've got, you get a lot of, uh, yeah, just people from rural lands who have not met a lot of people from other lands, like other countries. So
1: yes, tell us exactly. what's going on. And so it's similar to like, if you go to Times Square in New York, like mm. there aren't a lot of New Yorkers in Times Square. That's where a lot of touristy people are. And so it was kind of the similar thing. Like, you know, we're in Tiananmen Square there are a lot of tourists, you know? And so like, as you mentioned, they are from rural parts of, of China. And so for those who don't know, China is a very like homogenous community of people. And so I'm from America. I wasn't used to that. Like the communities that I've grown up in have been very diverse, you know? And so in China, I was very quickly othered Mm -hmm. and deemed as foreign because I come, I had, you know, I'm a black woman. So I'm very quickly like, oh, she does not belong, you know? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the pictures that happened, You know during the trip was because like we're very obviously othered and it's like wow i've never you know they're they've never met black people you know they don't have a lot of experience with black people and what they do have is from what they get from media and tv and so they're just like wow like you know it was like a two for one special (laughs)
0: So so, how did how did that make you feel that first interaction when you realized what's going on? These two ladies sat next to you because they wanted to take a picture of you. What what's yeah. going through your mind? What are you thinking? At
1: first, you know, like for the first, because we were in Beijing for about a month, so the first like couple of weeks, I was like, okay, this is fine. Like you know, they don't have a lot of that exposure to to black people and to black culture, and so I was like, I was fine with like taking pictures. It wasn't like a huge deal. But it became a problem when people would, like, kind of, they would kind of, like, sneak, take pictures of us. And so our group was a very large group of mostly Black people. So there were about 60, 65, 70 of us on the trip. And, like, a good 90% was Black. And so wherever we'd go, people, you know, people notice us you know, and so like, they want to take pictures because, you know, again, as we've mentioned, and so for the first couple of weeks, it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, it's new to them. It's new to us. We don't usually have people coming up wanting to take pictures with us, you know, like we're not Beyonce. (laughs) But after a while, it became the thing of like, people would kind of like take pictures over their shoulder and that like as a group I remember we were all very like uncomfortable with that because it was like you know at that point where you're like kind of like sneaking pictures mm-hmm. of our group it's like okay like they know fundamentally that you know something is wrong and they shouldn't be doing that and that's why they're like sneaking the pictures and so after that it became like you know it made us all very uncomfortable and for all of the black women on the trip we all had our hair done in a protective style. And we would get lots of people coming up, like touching our hair. And like, I remember one time we were in a mall and one of the girls on the trip, someone was touching her hair. She's like, no, please, you know, please don't touch me. And the lady continued to like try to touch her hair. And so it just became yeah. like, you know, a kind of bigger thing than we had, you know, expected or prepared for.
0: So what do you do? What do you like, um, because I didn't go through this, but like, uh, (laughs) you know, like, what do you do after when it becomes uncomfortable and it keeps happening? Yeah, you just
1: kind of like, just as nicely as you feel comfortable, just like getting out of the situation. Just like, actually like, you know, say no, that you're uncomfortable. And then you just try to leave. Mm. Then they get like, oh, they don't want a picture. You know, they were all you know, for the most part, everyone was pretty nice about like, oh, we, you know, we don't want to take any pictures. But
0: yeah. And so what did that, uh, that experience, that particular experience, what did like, did it teach you anything about the world? Like, I just feel like that's such a, uh, that's, that's such a, odd, different experience, you know, that it's kind of, I'm wondering if there was any lessons or like uh, something that it taught you about people.
1: Yeah. For me, you know, I don't harbor on the fact that, you know, a lot of it was uncomfortable, but just like knowing that these people don't have any experience with black people, you know, and what they may have may be like you know bad media and so like they may not have the best image of black people and so we get in these situations and it's like uncomfortable for honestly everybody involved Mm. so I just like you know take it as it is and just understand that you know like people are they're experiencing something new you know not that I want to be like I don't know <coughs> but just like, you know, understanding that it's new for them, and just like not reading too much into it. You
0: mm. know? Yeah, but and being you, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. You yeah. um, you you mentioned you're you're with all these other students, mostly minorities, black students, um, Latinos, um, other Asian students, um, some white students. Yeah. Um how do you did you come to China with a lot of friends? I know you and I and Hector and Matt were already kind of tight and um but did you know a lot of the other people on the program?
1: No. Wow. No, I didn't.
0: How how long was it before you felt like I'm pretty good friends with a lot of these? Like how much time do you think it was like a couple days a week?
1: Not very long because we're all, I think only maybe one or two people on our trip spoke Mandarin. Hmm. And so we are all out here (laughs) trying to survive, you know? So we all like relied on each other in a way for survival, you know? Like we all went out in groups, we all stuck together, you know? So it wasn't like. You know, one of those kind of trips where, like, you go to camp and, like, you don't really like everybody. But we all had to, like, rely on each other to, like, get around, you know, to get food, to, like, figure out where the best places are to eat. We all, you know, relied on each other for that. So,
0: yeah. I wonder if you felt the way that I felt that every time I saw another UT student, I got happy. I was like, oh, yo.
1: Those are my people right there. You know, like, we're all, like... (laughs) yeah we're like, all struggling we don't speak the language we're all just out here you know doing oh, the best that we can and it's like that person relates to what i'm going through
0: and it's an unconscious thing it's not like you think about that this person relates to what i'm going it's just a thing that happens when you see another person that you're on the trip with immediately unconsciously you're just like oh you don't know why but you're happy you're like hey what's going on yeah, yeah but it's not like, until you start thinking about it that you realize, you know, that there's some comfort in other, in those other people. But the beauty yeah. about this study abroad thing is that or at least our programs was that you become best friends in like uh, a couple days. It's yeah. so fast because <laughs> you're doing everything. Because you're in
1: an environment where like you have to rely on that person to like really get around to do things. And so it's like, you have to like fully trust that person that like, things may go bad, like this person, but we got each
0: other, you know? Yeah. And out there, you know, although they might not be like your best friend in in the United States out there, it very much feels like this is my best friend. Yeah. This is, this is my family right now.
1: Yeah.
0: It's, it's such, again, I think it goes like, it becomes like a primal thing. Like, uh, like where you trust is such an important thing with humans, you know? And it's, it's hard to build. And it's just, it's so obvious when you're abroad, that trust is so important and trust is really all you got. Yep. Um, tell me about the people. What did you learn about relationships? Tell me, tell me about, yeah, just the uh, Chinese people or the people who went on the program. What did you learn about people in general?
1: That we are all human, you know, like we're all learning, experiencing things floating on this giant rock through space. You know, like everyone in those kind of situations, like nobody was ever just like, you know, like no one was mean, like not the people on the trip, you know, the people in Beijing. Everyone was super nice. We'd go into restaurants. And again, very clearly, you know, like immediately othered and, you know, seen as foreign and they were all so nice with like, I remember the first night in China, we went to this restaurant, um, just like a small group of us, we went to this restaurant and they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh. And one of the guys that we went to this restaurant with, he had, um, a translator dictionary book and the people at the restaurant, they're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, can we have this? And he's like, no, I like, I, I need this to get around. But, like, they were all so nice, you know?
0: Wait, who was this guy? Was this a person in our trip?
1: Yes, it was Andrew.
0: Andrew. Andrew had a... He 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 had, had like,
1: a translator book. And (laughs) he would, like, open it up, like, (laughs) and try to flip through to find the words.
0: That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because it's so hard with Mandarin. (laughs)
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) You don't know the characters. So,
1: like, after the first couple of days, like, I don't think he used it ever again. But...
0: Yeah, that doesn't yeah. seem very... very. doesn't <laughs> seem like more of a <laughs> um, The food, you mentioned restaurants. What, what do you think of Chinese food now? Or what do you remember about it? So,
1: as someone who doesn't have, who hadn't had a lot of world experience or anything like that, mm-hmm. I was expecting to get Chinese food that you have here in America.
0: You Which know, was like, like
1: what? It was just like orange chicken, like egg rolls, like that kind of stuff. And I was just like, okay, beef and broccoli. Like, okay. Like I love Chinese food here in America. And, you know, just very naive. And I was just like, I got there and I was like, okay, this is not, but <laughs> I thought it was going to be, but it turned out to be so much better. You know, a lot of it, like sometimes they had restaurants had menus with pictures on it and you'd be like, okay, I want this but you don't really know what you're going to get and you may not get the picture, you know,
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're guessing what's on the picture. (laughs)
1: Exactly. And so it's just like, you get what you get and, you know, it was great. You know, I don't remember having anything that I didn't enjoy.
0: Oh yeah. Me neither. Um, The
1: food was, it was top tier.
0: Is there anything, any dish that you still dream about that you think about? Okay
1: there yeah okay so behind the campus on the uh-huh. the drag area behind the campus yeah
0: i know exactly what you're talking about yeah this is one of, is one of my favorite areas
1: <laughs> there is this dumpling place and oh, oh the God. dumpling
0: place the one with the couple the one with yes. the with the the same couple every day from like yep. 8 a.m to like 8 p.m yep. they were they
1: were it of- was those were the best dumplings i've like ever had in my life Wow. They were good.
0: They were good.
1: They were good. And then there was this like smoothie shake place. I don't remember the name. I just know it started with seven or there were seven in it, like 17 oh. or, or something like that. And they had these huge drinks and they were all like a dollar US, you know, and it was just, it was so good. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: You know, that, that, um the, that dumpling place, cause I, I did have one of the shakes, but I was more, more like uh, captured by the dumpling place because the whole just being there was such a cultural experience. I kept going back. I think I, I ate so much of their dum so many of their dumplings. At one point, I had to stop because I was like, "All right, this is this is all I'm eating out here."
1: <laughs> yeah, and you were wild because you would put so much spice on your oh. dumpling. I remember one time we had like taken a break in class. You went and got dumplings, and you came back, and they give them to you in this like little plastic bag. Yeah. And yours were like covered in the red sauce. And I was just like, oh yeah, he is about to be on fire. <laughs> we're in class and you're just eating them. And I was just like,
0: <laughs> It was, I, I ever since I was little, I've liked spicy food. And that was one of the things that surprised, I mean, I, I don't know if it surprised me. In a way, it kind of surprised me how spicy the food could be. Well, at least yeah. you, how spicy you could make it. It was made. Yeah. Um but that dumpling place oh my god and they were so stoic they were so stoic that the the lady and the guy they were just they wouldn't stop working it was the entire time you entered the restaurant you ate your dumplings it was weird the only time they would stop working was to serve you food and they would keep working and
1: we would go in there it was a tiny place super tiny but we would go in there in giant packs and we'd be like sitting on top of each other like and they've got like baskets of dumplings that they're just like bringing to our table and we were just devouring them it was great it was great
0: <laughs> it was it was on all you can eat they they wouldn't
1: <laughs>
0: you just kept giving it to you um i i forget how i ordered food how did you deal with the language barrier was it difficult
1: yes because a lot again like it was just like So for me, I went off of like what other people told me. So we'd go into the dumpling place and we would just take dumplings and like you get whatever dumplings you get. There's like maybe vegetarian, probably not like maybe pork, maybe beef. We had no idea. We were just eating dumplings. And like when we would come, they know what we would get. So like they just bring out dumplings and we're just like, we don't know what it is, but it's delicious. But I remember this other place that had like this taco type of thing that you had gone to first. And it was like a green shack and like you walk up to it and like the menu is in all Mandarin. There's no English, there's no pictures, nothing. And I remember you'd be like, Oh, y'all should go to this place and get like, I think it was like the number seven or something. And so that's a lot of it just like going off of recommendations from other people like, Oh, you should try this place, get this. And so we would go there and we would get that and it would be great. And we'd be like, Oh, cool. But yeah, just kind of guessing, just pointing at things and
0: yeah. I think, I think I know what you're talking about. The number seven, it was like a guy, one guy, right? Yeah. And he had like these tortilla type of deal thing yes. that he would stretch out with his hand and then he would put them in this crazy looking oven that yeah. he would put them like vertical. And uh, that guy was so nice. People would try to skip, line, uh, skip in front of me in line. And he was, he was like, no, 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 this guy was fresh. And I would go yeah. all the time. And he like, he knew what I wanted. <laughs> he was like, yeah,
1: exactly. Like, you know, again, because you're very easily identified as other, and it's like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, he comes here all the time. Like, or like when we go places like, oh, I know this group, like, they're going to get these dumplings, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: that was great.
0: Are, are there, uh, what adventures stand out that you can't forget from China? What excursions? Oh my
1: gosh. Mm-hmm. When we climbed the Great Wall,
0: this is a big one. People always mention this.
1: This is huge. Okay. So I'm terrified of heights. i just thought it was gonna be a cute little thing and so when we get to the place the part of the wall that we're gonna climb like when we start walking up it's like steps it's like we walk through this like kind of garden park area and we're just like walking up steps and i was just like okay like this is cool like i can do this and so we're walking up the steps and at some point it stops being steps and like you're on the wall and you're like hiking up the wall and i was terrified i was like all the way in the back of the line and i remember this other group had come and they had these like walking sticks and so i was using this guy he'd seen me struggling (laughs) i was terrified oh my god I just knew that I was going to die like <laughs> and so he's struggling he's like he's like you can use this stick to help you get along the wall like I was going like baby steps I did not look down oh god I was so scared
0: <laughs> wow
1: so scared
0: this is for people who have probably heard this but this is the tallest point of the of the um, of the whole Great Wall of China like See, we are, we're like, at the tallest They didn't
1: point. tell me that, okay? Oh, okay.
0: Because
1: I would have stayed in the bus.
0: No, I'm <laughs> glad they didn't tell like, you.
1: Like, and you just like again, it just like steps in a garden, and I was like, okay, this is cool. Like I could do this. Child, I was terrified.
0: <laughs> well, what kept you? You could have turned back. Why'd you keep going?
1: Turn back? who was back there waiting for me at the bus? <laughs> there was no turning back. Like I was already there. Like. The only option was to keep going forward. You know, there was no turning back. None of that. Like, are you, I had to keep going.
0: Are you talking about the first time or the second time we... Climbed? The first
1: time. Oh, no. The, I didn't do the second time.
0: Oh, you didn't do the second time. Never mind I, then. This is, was, so you, you were talking about the, the one during the day where it was yeah, like a, it was an excursion.
1: Day. There was another hiking the next day at like five o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah. That was the... the I the did not point. do that. Oh, no. Okay. Mm-mm. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> After that first day, I was like, yeah, I might have a heart attack on the top.
0: <laughs> but you faced that fear. That's awesome. I did. I did. What kind of, what, what goes through your mind when you're at the great well of China? One of the, I think it's one of the seven wonders of the world, right? This thing that you've only seen in textbooks. What it do you think up there?
1: Wild to think that like, I'm on the Great Wall, terrified of heights, up here hiking this thing. And it wasn't like the part that we were hiking wasn't like what you see in the textbooks where it's like cute and like paved. And no, it was like hiking on like kind of boulders and it was like falling apart. And I was just like, wow, I am really up here. Like, I really did that. Like, I really went to the Great Wall of China. And I'm here today to like talk about it. Like what the heck? Me, little old me, you know, growing up in my community, you know, with people who've never traveled the world, who would never thought like, whose first thought would never be like, oh, I'm gonna go to China when I, you know, travel internationally. The first place I'm going to go is China. And then for me to do that and to have that experience, it was wild. Wow. Yeah.
0: Were there any, did you ever cry? Tears of joy or any tears, but tears of joy.
1: (laughs) Maybe not until I got back and I was just like, wow, like I really did that. You know, like in the moment you're just like there and you're like, wow, this is great. But you're never like, you never think about, or at least for me in that moment, I never think about how that whole trip or that experience like changed my life. You know, you don't see that until like after and you're like, wow, like you know, that not only changed my life, but that changed the lives of the people around me.
0: How did you see that it changed others?
1: Because like, not just like me climbing the great wall, but like me, like doing something unexpected that people don't even think about, you know, like, especially like not my family. It's not like, you know, again, like, oh, the first place I go is going to be to China. Mm -hmm. But for me to like go somewhere that people wouldn't expect from me, and to like do that and to come back and bring back those experience to like show people like, yes, it was terrifying, but like, you can do it. Like you can maybe go somewhere else that, you know, bring back some different experience that maybe I don't have that you can then share, you know, with the community to be like, you know, these aren't your only options in life is to like do this specific job or like to travel to these like specific places. Like you can do unexpected things and still have a great time and, you know, bring back memories and, you know, like change your life. And like, it's a whole thing.
0: You redefined what was possible for your entire family. That's incredible. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Even with people who may doubt you or who may have their own fears about what may happen, you know, you just have to do it.
0: Hmm. And so you tell yourself, you just have to do it. And then you go again to Mexico Oh my gosh! Um.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and for Mexico is interesting because I did Mexico because it's closer. It's closer to home. You know, it's not Beijing. It's not across the globe. It's mm-hmm. closer to home, but yet it's still like so different from the U.S. And so, like when I went, it was a very like like turbulent time in in our country with the um, the people in power. And so to be in Mexico, you know, when a lot of the rhetoric that we're hearing in the States is that, you know, Mexicans are bad, like they're stealing our jobs. And so to be in Mexico where people, the nicest people you will ever meet, like they, you know, like nobody, you know, it it was just a lot. And so that was amazing to have that experience.
0: How much time Mexico. how much time did you spend in Monterey?
1: I was actually in Queretaro.
0: Oh, in Queretaro. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha.
1: Yeah. It was like uh the school was the Monterey, like UT Dallas or wherever, but I was in Queretaro. And okay. I was there for about six weeks for an exchange program. So different from the Maymester, mm-hmm. where it's like faculty-led, you're going with the group, with the faculty member yeah. to learn a specific class. It was like, you're kind of on your own. Like, there were definitely other people from UT who went to get out it, it with me. But it was just like, everyone's taking different classes.
0: Who, who were the people you hung out with the most when you were out there?
1: Okay. So I had this group of people and we did like everything together. There were like maybe six of us and we would like go party. We would mm-hmm. go like doing excursions. We would just like do everything together.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Kind of like a, a, a smaller version of, um, of, 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 of yeah. UT. Did you say those students, those six students were from UT as well? Yeah yeah and the uh, how did you how did the people compare? did you see similarities between Chinese people and Mexican people? um what are the differences and like yeah. your second time abroad like you you know you get to see two completely different points of the world um yeah. and so I'm wondering what uh, what the what you saw
1: yeah, so. Where I was at, there weren't a lot of, like, touristy places where people from rural communities are coming in. And so it was a pretty, like, urban city. And so, like, there weren't a lot of people being surprised or, like, shocked to see foreigners. Hmm. You know, like, everyone was super nice. Everyone's just kind of going about their day. You know, they weren't really worried about me. And I was like, okay, cool. And, yeah, you know, we are just like coexisting gotcha. yeah and so it was just it was very different and when I was in Mexico I lived with the host family
0: and so that must have that been amazing because uh, yeah. I remember living with a host family in Cuba and it was just uh, it was even better because you got deeper into the culture because they bring you into their culture Yeah, and I remember the meals you know oh my gosh. yeah um, and, and just even talking to them did you speak Spanish?
1: No. Do I speak Spanish now? The answer is still no, but (laughs) I know a little bit here and there.
0: So but language never stopped you from going to these places where it's primarily another language. No. There was never any fear of like, I'm not going to be able to say what I want or No. Yeah, you just point at stuff. You just point that. It's not that.
1: And if you go to a restaurant, like, I remember... In the trip for Beijing in the class, they're just like people who had gone on the trip. They're just like, you know, you go into the restaurant. You don't know. You just kind of act it out. And so you can be like moo for a cow or just like clucking for a chicken, you know, like figure it out. (laughs) It may be the most embarrassing thing, but like you get what you want and like you walk away with the story, you know, like, oh, my gosh, I remember that time in Mexico where I was around clucking like a chicken, you know? Yeah. Like, what? Of course, you know, it's a crazy story, but like, it's so fun to tell afterwards. You know, I never went in to any of these trips or any trip that I do with the expectation that the people there have to like change themselves to accommodate me. Mm. You know, like it's not on them to like learn English or to like really help me figure out things. You know, they didn't ask me to be there. Mm -hmm. You know, So it's on me to figure things out and to be adaptable and like if you want things done, you know, it's on you to figure it out.
0: Yeah. You know? It's like you said, being flexible in a way. Yeah. Uh, being flexible to other people and you your in the way you communicate.
1: Yeah. And being able to laugh at yourself. You know, like don't take yourself too serious. Because if you do, like you already like <laughs> failed before you even done anything. You yeah. know, just be like, yeah, this is gonna happen. <laughs> and just doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back. I want to go to Mexico. I've never lived in Mexico, even though I grew up on the border. Um, Yeah. And so I'm wondering if I go to Queretaro, what, uh, what recommendations do you have for like adventures I have to have?
1: Ooh, adventures that you have to have. So I didn't really do much in Queretaro. I did travel like outside of the city. There was this giant... Like boulder type of thing, mm-hmm. I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's this giant rock that you can hike, and so that was really fun. And the, the city boulder, gotcha, yeah. And the city around that boulder, like people were so nice, and the food. Oh my gosh, the food.
0: What? <laughs> what about the food? <laughs> the is food specific- in Mexico
1: was top tier. I remember just being up at all hours of the night, just like, okay, like after we do this fun stuff, like there's this taco place downstairs and we have to go. Like I was kind of upset with myself that I didn't have tacos every day that I was there because I love tacos. I love tacos. I can eat tacos all day, every day, like any kind of taco. And so like the food was just so good. And I remember going to like places near the campus and get and you go in and it's like a four course meal Whoa. going in. Like they just, you know, like you pay for like a four course meal, but it's like really cheap. And so you go in and they bring out like an appetizer and then you get your meal and then you get a dessert. Like what? Like i not just having this on a casual Tuesday for lunch. You know, it was mm-hmm. the wildest thing, you know, but the food was so good.
0: Oh, man.
1: food was so good
0: were there any dishes that surprised you that you didn't know this, it was Mexican or you didn't even know it existed, but it was incredible.
1: Okay. So we had, um, when we were first here, we had this kind of like ceremony and they had food and I, I knew of mole, but I'd never really had mole because I was like, why would I want like the meat with chocolate in it? like that, (laughs) doesn't sound tasty at all but at the ceremony when we first get there they have like mole and um cactus um you know the name of cactus yeah nopal nopales yeah Yeah. and i was just like man i've been missing out this whole time
0: (laughs) so it was the mole sauce or or it was the mole with meat, and then like uh the cactus on the side
1: yeah it was just like a bunch of different dishes. And it's just like, try a little bit of everything. It was so good. Oh
0: my God. Wow. So
1: good. Best day when I was in Mexico, they had a taco day.
0: Oh my gosh. Day.
1: On <laughs> campus, like for for us... They had a taco day and oh my gosh, it is just,
0: <laughs> <laughs> tell me about it. Living.
1: Me. And so it was just like a party that we had at the pool on campus. Mm-hmm. And so we all are there. We've got these cute shirts that say like taco day or something. And they have like the meat set up on the thing and we just get, as many tacos as we want. They've got music playing. They have somebody come and bring um bring ice creams,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like the popsicles, the paletas.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes.
1: <laughs> it was the best day of my life. It's like eating incredible. tacos. Just like the best tacos. Like not just like
0: not just any regular tacos. These are like a top notch. Top
1: uh, not probably the, the
0: best tier. yeah the probably the best taco you could get in austin times 10 times yeah. 100
1: and you get as many as you want shout it was
0: oh my god great you, you know for me every time i go abroad it's a large portion of my cultural experience has to do with the food and yes um, yeah
1: i've met some people who when they travel they like don't eat the food and they're just like oh i'm here for just like these kind of like experiences like hikings and like yeah horsey places i'm like and they like eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches no <laughs>
0: no
1: i'm there first and foremost for food okay everything else is secondary i'm there <laughs> to eat and so when people say that i'm like you you missing a big part of it a big part of the culture
0: a huge part a huge part yeah. that's
1: food means so much in so many different cultures and to like bypass that whole part just to like go to this fun hike now
0: yeah yeah no. um I, mean, I can kind of see um i mean as long i think as long as people travel but i i do completely agree that it's, there's such a huge part in the food and there's it's not only just um the food itself it's the social experience of who you're eating it with and if you can eat it with a group of locals ah ah my god that it's not just like
1: eating with other people but a lot of the times you get a chance to interact with the person who's actually preparing the food Mm -hmm. so it's not like a server like you would get here in the states like they're not making the food but this is someone who's like Making the food, you know, like they're there making it with love. Like you can taste the love of the food, you know, and so you're not just like eating, you're interacting with the person who's preparing the food. And so then you get that extra meaning behind it. Like, you know, we have this on special occasions, or like this means this for us. And, you know, it's not just like eating.
0: I love it. I love it when they explain to me what's going on. Yeah. Like what the, the yes, like you said the meaning. It's the it uh oh man, it just deepens. You're like, "Wow, I'm just I'm there's more than just the uh, something that I'm putting in my mouth here. It's I'm being a part of something. Yeah. I'm taking part in some sort of ritual. How did you meet people out there, locals? How did you meet locals out there? And did you meet any locals, deep connections? Did you make any deep connections?
1: Not any super deep connections, but I did just like going places, you know, and just like making the effort to like talk with people, not just being like in your small group of people that you're comfortable with and like, you know, these are my friends and I just want to hang out with my friends in a different country. No, it's just like going to places, interacting with people, and like making that extra effort to not just like be there for what you think you're there for. Like I was there to go to a class, you know, to learn, but it's like so much more than just like going to school to learn, you know, like you're living in a host family. So like, that's another layer. You're not just like in a campus apartment with other UT people, you know, it's just like, you're in the community, like hanging out with your host family, you know, my host family, they invited me to things where they were like hanging out with their friends. And so like you learn, more about like the people that you're living with because it could be like okay you're in a host family but you're going to be in your room and you're never going to come out and if you come out it's just like to go out of the house but not to interact with them like that's crazy you know like you're living in their house you know you want to yeah. make that effort to like to show that you appreciate that that you're you're you want to learn you know like you want that experience
0: Mm-hmm. I, and I will say that if you're looking for adventure, yes, you can find adventure on your own, but most of the time that I found adventure, it's always been through other people. It's it's just, yeah. uh, I meet someone that leads me on an incredible, unforgettable, life-changing adventure. It's always through people, at least most of the time. And and, and if you're abroad, I think, and if you have the time, if you're abroad and you have the time, I think yeah. it would benefit you more there's, there's a, there's more opportunity in going than not going and saying yes, than saying no. Of course, if you're, you know, as long as you're being careful and you trust the person. Yeah. So now that you're going to Taiwan, what is your plan? What is your plan? What are your, what do you want to take out of this experience?
1: (sighs) That's a good question. I want to do more of that saying yes. You know, I did a bit of that in the other places that I've traveled to, but I'm going to be in Taiwan for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to have more of an opportunity to do more things, more chances to say yes to something that I wouldn't even think about, you know, more chances to like interact with people because I'll be teaching in a school, you know? And so, like, interacting with students, like, we had a bit of that in Beijing, but, like, on a more consistent basis, you know, like, every day I'm going to be teaching with these students instead of just, like, once a week, you know, for a couple of hours. But just, like, really learning, you know, and being fully immersed in Mm -hmm. Taiwan and Taiwanese culture. So, that's probably Mm -hmm. the biggest thing, you know, not being so so involved with like my, with people that make me comfortable, you know, being uncomfortable is how you grow. And so I want as many opportunities to grow as possible.
0: So. Yeah. I, I, I hope you do it. Cause it's the, it's the best, right. And to yeah. just keep getting out of the, that comfort zone. Do you write, do you, do you journal? Yeah. You do. Do you journal when you're abroad?
1: Yeah because like, it's so crazy. Like I did in Beijing, I didn't do as much while I was in Mexico, but just to like think about the things that, you know, I was going through while I was in Beijing and just like, wow, like, yeah, how can you then take what you did there, you know, like what you wrote about there and apply that differently to a different situation? How could you learn from that and do better next time?
0: Yeah. I've been unsuccessful in like journaling kind of like, as in like, I haven't written, I've tried written writing about my stories, but I, I quickly drop it. Like when I'm I'm trying to write everything down, but I find it
1: hard. It's easier to have like a conversation with someone.
0: Yeah. You're
1: talking with you and I'm just like remembering all of these things. And I was just like, Oh, you know, like a lot of that, you know, I like to be in the moment. So I don't journal as often when traveling because I'm like in the moment.
0: Yeah. And, and um, you know, I, that's not a bad idea. I think uh, traveling and doing like a, like an or an oral journal, that yeah. would be a lot of fun. I'd have a lot, because you're right. It's so much more fun talking about it, but what I do find the, I find it useful journaling for reminding myself of what I want to do or, or be when I'm in a new place and like every day kind of like writing down the, the same thing. And it, it it'll like transform as the days go on but i i do find that like when i write these things and i'm abroad kind of like an intention that i have before it it just helps a lot for actually doing doing that thing
1: exactly because it's fresh on your mind and you're like no like i want to get these things out of my time here
0: Exactly, exactly. Still
1: being flexible to like, you don't know how you may get that thing if it's an open ended question or that kind of thing, which yeah. is being open to the opportunity and the experience when it comes.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, I know we're we've gone an hour and 20 minutes and I just have a few more questions for you. Okay. Um. What have your experiences taught you about the United States as a whole, now that we've gone through all of them? I know I've, I've touched on this later, but as a whole, what have they taught you about the United States?
1: That for me, it's like, it's very just like single-minded, like the U S in like, they kind of teach you and like, Oh, the world is like this one thing, you know, and it's so much more. You know, there's so much more when you get out of what you're used to. You can travel in the States and you can get kind of similar experiences. You know, like if you go to a beach here and go to a beach somewhere else, you're still at a beach. You know, people are kind of the same. But when you get out of what what you think is normal, you know, to like experience something totally different that's when you really like learn about the world and like get that worldview of like, how you think about people. How do you think about yourself? How do you think about change? You know, how is this country different from the one that you grew up with? Like, you know, just, you notice those differences and like, Mm. things may not be as, you know, cut and dry as you may have grown up thinking that they were. Mm. So that, that would be my thing. Like people, have like very, like, this is what I know. Like I grew up with this. This is the right way when there are so many different ways to get to the same outcome.
0: It's a, it's negotiable, right? The way things are, are nego. It's negotiable. What have your travels taught you about your fears? Oh my gosh.
1: That your fears are just there to like, keep you from being the best you that you can be. You know, like some fear is good. It like keeps you alert. But most of the time, it's just a way to like hold you back. You know, like if I'd listened to my family's fear about me going to China, I would have never had that experience and I would have never done the things that came after that. You No, know, I wouldn't be going to Taiwan for a year if I hadn't. Gone with my my gut feeling and like, okay, fears, you know, they come, but like not letting that stop me from something that could change my life. you know, and it's so like cliche, like, oh my gosh, studying abroad changed my life. but it really does. maybe in that ways that like people that you may think, but like it's in those ways that you don't expect that really have a big impact.
0: Last question here. Okay. let's say you could. Give a message to every study abroad student. It's their first time studying abroad before they get on their flight. What, what do you tell them?
1: Like I mentioned before, you have to be adaptable and flexible. Like things are going to happen that you may have never expected, never prepared for, but it could be like the best thing ever. You know, like you may be going there like, Oh, I'm going to like, do this. I'm going to study hard. Like, yes, study, but also like experience things, you know, try something different, try a new food, go to a different place, you know, hang out with different people that aren't a part of your group because that's where you really have those, those deep connections. And if you're ever on that side of the world again, you know, you can connect with those people.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Kiana, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Um, I love hearing how it's uh, changed your life and I'm excited that you're going to Taiwan. That's incredible. I'm glad you're still, you're still getting out of your comfort zone and you're going to go for a whole year. I want I want, I want to do that. Like I want to live in a, in different countries for a year. So like, yeah, thanks for you're even showing me like, Oh, it's definitely possible. Kiana's doing it.
1: Yeah. If I can do it, little old me, man, there are so many things that, you know, are possible. You know, I would have never seen this for myself. You know, but like, man, a whole
0: year—I've never
1: done that long.
0: Give yourself <laughs> you know? some credit because you're also a really adventurous person. I mean, I remember after the China trip that we all went down to Hong Kong. Uh, yes, you're a naturally adventurous person, and I—I've I, got a feeling that you're going to have such a good a good time, an adventurous time in Taiwan because it was a it was quite the adventure when we went to, to Hong Kong
1: yep it was it was and i'm excited because you know like it's something new like i have a whole year to be there doing new things meeting new people making those connections like what else am i gonna do you know Mm -hmm. what else am i gonna do but keep moving forward
0: hell yeah hell yeah well kiana if people want to reach out to you let's say they have questions maybe they really connect with your story where can they uh contact you or find you
1: i um, on the internet somewhere.
0: <laughs> on the internet somewhere? Do you have like your social media? Um, I know, is it at Keys Confections? That is your business yeah, website?
1: That is my business Instagram. It's and you yeah. can follow my regular Instagram at Kiki Maxwell.
0: At Kiki Maxwell. That's K-E-Y-K-E-Y. Maxwell.
1: Underscore
0: yeah. Maxwell.
1: Yeah. Or follow me on Facebook. If you find my email out there in the world, phone number reach out i'm happy to talk i love introducing people to like what is possible you know even my experience you may have something totally different it may be so much better but the only way to know is to do it
0: i love it i love it kiana thank you so much and to everyone listening we'll talk to you next time hey there if you enjoyed this episode well green light New episodes of The Dose of Caesar come out every week, so make sure to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. If you feel that more people should listen to this podcast and share this episode with your tribe. If you want to connect with me, or if you just want some extra doses of Caesar, of Caesar, of Caesarine Pinguine, then you can sign up for my free weekly email newsletter called The Caesar Encyclopedia, where I share what I learn every week. Or... You can reach out to me on Instagram at the dose of Caesar. We'll see you next time.